Hello everyone, welcome back to Heart to Heart Ministries, Bernadette Jones here, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Truth or Lie, where we discuss popular phrases that most of us have heard in church, or just popular things in regards to God or the Bible. And we take a look at what scripture says to see if they are the truth or if they are a lie. So today we will be discussing God allowed or God is in control. And with that one, it's a little tricky on how I want to actually approach that. Because when people have, or they say, you know, God allowed or God is in control, they're pretty much blaming God for everything that happens. The good, the bad, everything. And as we discussed in a previous episode, that God is good and he is only good. So we can't blame him for the bad that people say God allowed. And they use it in a sense of like God and Satan are working together, which they're not. They are enemies and they're completely opposed to each other. So, but they somehow think that, oh, well, God sent Satan or allowed Satan to do something. And it's like we have no responsibility in it whatever and sometimes that's just that's just ignorance we just don't know because we don't we don't know and we don't realize what the word says so I want to go straight into scripture here and the first thing I want to talk about is that God gave us authority so in Matthew eighteen eighteen, it says assuredly I say to you whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven And another version of that actually says, another translation, I'm sorry, says, whatever you allow, I'll allow. And then we have Matthew 16, 19, that says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So again, it's whatever you allow, which is us. He's talking to us. And this is Jesus talking. He is talking to to us, to the church, saying whatever we allow, he'll allow. So again, that puts it back on us. What are we allowing? And then Luke ten nineteen says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. So again, that puts it back on us. He gave us authority. We do his work in the earth. We're able to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It's our job to make sure things. He gave us dominion, even all the way going back, all the way back to Genesis. When he created Adam and he said, let them have dominion, authority, rule, Rain. That is what we are supposed to do here on the earth. So the reality is the things that are happening, it's the church's fault. How can I say that? Okay, because one, are we making disciples the way we're supposed to? 
Are we making disciples the way God told us to? So even with all the hate and everything that we see, there's no law or policy that is going to fix that. The only thing that can penetrate hate in a person's heart is the love of Jesus. The only thing that can change a person's heart is the love of Jesus. You can't therapy it out of them. You can't change a law that's going to make someone not hate. The only, 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 only thing that is going to change hate in a person's heart is the love of Jesus. The only thing that transformed your life is the love of Jesus. So first of all, are we making disciples and sharing the love of God with others? If we're not doing that, well, then he's not, Jesus doesn't force himself on anybody. He gives everybody free will. So we actually have the choice whether we're going to take that responsibility and share the gospel like he told us to or not. So then, are we making disciples? Are we doing that? At the same time, are we praying for our country the way we're supposed to? Are we praying for anything that comes in? Or do we wait until a natural disaster happens to be like, oh, we need to pray. Or for something huge to happen and be like, oh, we need to pray. But are we inviting God through prayer into the everyday affairs of what goes on in our lives are we are we opening that are we inviting him in that way through prayer because scripture also says that the prayer of the righteous availeth much so for those of us who are righteous which righteous just means in right standing with god um are we praying the way we're supposed to are we praying for our leaders the way we're supposed to Are we praying for souls to be saved the way we're supposed to? Because that invites the power of God in. So we have responsibility. And then two, Satan is real. He hates you. Satan hates you. And he is very, very, very real. His whole purpose is to cause separation between you and God. He will have you thinking God did the damage he caused. And I know we all like to go to the book of Job. Job is one instance in an entire book that contains 66 books and several stories and shows you several times the things that Satan did. Because even with Job, if you go to Job 3.25, Job states The thing I greatly feared came upon me. And we know Satan operates in fear. Fear is an open invitation to the devil. Now Job said, was it Job or, I don't remember if it was Job or David. One of those two, because they didn't know about Satan then. We know about Satan now. But they said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. He didn't know that wasn't from God. He didn't know that. We know that because we can read the behind the scenes story. So we don't quote what Job didn't know, which is, you know, their ignorance. We don't quote that and live off that. Because when do you ever see God slain his own people? Where does that happen? Now, yes, you can talk about the children of Israel ended up in captivity. Why did they end up in captivity? They were rebellious. They turned their backs on God. Why did they die in the wilderness? Because they murmured and complained and they spoke against God. And they spoke against what he said. That is why. 
but it look at how long it took for God to be like, all right, that's what you want because that's what you keep saying. Then that's what I will let you have. It, it took God a while to get there. It wasn't like, oh, they said it once and it was immediate. Oh, no, they kept saying and they kept saying and they kept saying and they kept saying and they kept saying. So even when it comes to things in your life, what do you keep saying? Do you keep saying stuff that lines up with the word or do you keep saying stuff that lines up with the lies of the enemy? Because you end up having what you say. And Mark 11, um, 22 through 24, which we may look at later, points that out that you will have what you say. And so again, back to this whole thing of Satan is real and he hates you. God is not in partnership with Satan. And I know I pointed that out earlier. God does not send Satan to do things to you. You suffer things due to persecution. And that Satan trying to stop you or shut you up or shut you down. Satan knows what you can do. <laughs> he, is, he is trying to stop you any way he can. Because he knows what you carry. You are ammunition and you can go help someone else. But if he can stop you, guess who doesn't get helped? That person you were supposed to reach. That person you were supposed to minister to. That person doesn't get reached if he can stop you. So Satan attacks you to stop you. To discourage you. And you can suffer things because of the people around you. And we're going to look at a scripture um, that shows that specifically with Paul. And actually, that's in Acts uh, chapter 27. And I'm going to read verses 9 through 11. And this is in the New King James Version. And it says, Now when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because of the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. Now we know Paul was an apostle. And if Paul specifically said, don't go. And they're like, no, we're going to go. And if you read later in the chapter, they end up shipwrecked. Paul's in a shipwreck because he told them not to go. They went anyways. Then when they get on land, Paul ends up being bit by a snake. He doesn't die. And then there's a whole revival healing service, actually, on the island that they, they landed on. And you can read all that in uh, Acts chapter 27. But my point is, Paul ended up shipwrecked because the people wouldn't listen to him. He ended up in that storm because of the people that were around him did not heed his advice. And he was, he was on his way to go see Caesar. So again, for more details, I would absolutely say read that, read that story. Because even in the middle of the storm, an angel of the Lord appears to Paul and says, Hey, you're going to go see Caesar. Pretty much telling him you're not going to die. And then Paul tells uh, the men on the ship, Hey, cheer up. An angel of the Lord appeared to me, says we're going to make it. And I believe what the Lord says. And then... Um, yeah, also, as I mentioned before, like, have you ever heard God whisper to you or your instincts warn you about a situation and you ignored it? I know several times in my life I've had that happen. Um, and we always say, something told me, something told me that something is the Holy Spirit. 
you know, if you have the Holy Spirit, that that's, he, he talks to you all the time, but we have a choice whether we listen or not. In 99.9% of the time, when we don't listen, we end up in a bad situation or, you know, bad things happen or just because we won't listen. And like I said before, sometimes it's our ignorance. We just don't know. Like we don't know we have authority. And if you don't know you have authority, that's Satan's success. If you're ignorant of the authority that you have, that is Satan's success because he knows you have authority and dominion over him. Which leads me to my next scripture, which is James 4, 7, which states, uh, therefore submit yourselves to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So he knows when you submit to God, to God's authority, to God's way of doing things. And when you submit to that authority that God has and he has given you, you can fight the devil off. You don't have to take everything he brings your way. You can whoop him. And then Isaiah 54, 17 says, no weapon formed will prosper. So no weapon formed against you will prosper. So again, what sense does it make to say that God allowed a weapon and then he's going to tell you it's not going to prosper? That that makes no sense whatsoever. None. And then I want to read 2 Corinthians chapter 10 um, verses 4 through 6. And it says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So in verse four, it says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds well God's not going to cause you to have a stronghold Satan is but here Paul is saying the weapons of our warfare which means we are in a fight you are in a fight and imagine okay so and here's another thing that doesn't make sense because if we're saying oh God allowed you know all this other stuff so why would God bring something bad in your life and then turn around and tell you to fight it like that doesn't make any sense that is some bipolar like stuff it just it 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 just doesn't make sense you wouldn't do that to your own kids you're not going to bring something to be in their way as an obstacle and then tell them to fight it like what's what's the purpose of that there isn't any um because why would you deliberately want to do something to hurt your child? And so it's the same thing with God. And people think, like, oh, well, you know, God is mysterious and he works in mysterious ways. But scripture also states that he reveals through his spirit. So if we're not learning stuff, we've got to be like, okay, am I living and walking in the spirit? Am I in the word to know what God's will is, to know what he wants, to know how to fight this, to know his characteristics? Because remember, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God said he came that you may have life. And well, Jesus said that um, he came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. God is the God of life. Satan is about death, destruction. And so even when, you know, we see children and stuff dying, I've had family members um, that I know of die young. 
and people do oh you know well god just wanted god jeremiah 29 11 says that god knows the plans that he has for you plans plans which means that's lots of them there's an s or even some you know translations say the thoughts that he thinks towards you so he's not going to create you, bring you into this world, have a purpose and a plan, and then just be like, you know what? Never mind. No, that's not how he operates. So in this translation of Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, it says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and hope. To give you a future. So even when we're seeing stuff happen, it's not God wanted a little flower for his garden. God called them home early. No, he had a future. Satan is real. And as believers, we've got to look at ourselves. Okay, God gave me authority. What am I allowing to happen around me? What am I not speaking against? And I'm going to read Mark 11. Because I really want us to understand where our authority comes from. So it's Mark 11, um, verse 22. I'm going to start in verse 22. And it says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. So that's the first thing. Have faith in God. And you cannot have faith in a God that you think is causing bad things to happen. So have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. And then verse 24 says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So what are we saying? Because it says speak to the mountain and it will be removed. Are we speaking to things to be removed? Are we speaking against sickness? Are we laying hands on the sick for them to recover? Are we speaking against poverty and lack? Because our words are quite powerful. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. That's in scripture. And even the world knows how powerful words are. So what are we saying? Are we lighting our mouth up with what the word says? Or are we speaking? Are we speaking like death? Because when you worry for somebody, well, what is what does the word say? The word says not to worry. It says cast your cares on him because he cares for you. So even when you say, I worry for my children, what are you opening the door to? I can't help but worry. Yes, I can because God says don't worry. So you can't help it. Oh, I'm afraid for such and such. That's opening the door to Satan to have access to that area of your life. I'm afraid for my children. You have now opened the door to Satan to bring the thing that you fear to manifestation in your life so we have to be careful because we have that responsibility that's not that's not all on God that's on us so God allowed God is in control nah we got a part to play we're allowing and if we as believers are allowing it God said all right that's what you want because he gives us free will then that's that's what you want that's what you're gonna get because that's what you keep saying 
So again, this whole idea of God allowed, God is in control, that he does everything and we just, we sit back and we're these helpless puppets in his puppet show. No, that is not how it is. We have authority. What we allow, God backs up. And what we don't allow, he backs up. So are we using our authority and what are we saying? So we've got to take a look at us and be like, okay, God didn't allow this. Satan did this because Satan is an enemy. He is the God of this world. So even if you look at the difference between the, the secular or the world, secular world, society, that's all Satan's area. So look at how much the church has set back, Christians have set back, and let him run things. Him and his children, because we talked about that. We're all God's children. We talked about that. We talked about that's not true because the Bible clearly states that Satan has children as well. And those are people who follow him. If you're not following Christ, you're following Satan. And if for more on that, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that. It's entitled, um, We're All God's Children. And it addresses that and brings out scripture um, in regards to that. But back to the, in regards to the fact that God does everything and we have no say in it. That is not true. That is absolutely not true. God gave us authority and we have authority. I mean, Jesus rebuked a storm. The only thing he rebuked was Satan, the devil. Because even when, 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 think about this, even when Jesus told, told his disciples that he was going to go and die and Peter was like, no, you're not. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. He wasn't talking to Peter. In that moment, Peter was speaking something that was opposite of what Jesus was saying. So that's what Jesus was talking to. When you're speaking something opposite of what, you know, God says or, you know, or the word says, you're, you're lining up with the devil. Because even when the spies were sent to go spy out the land, um, in the land of Canaan and Moses sent 12 spies, 10 came back with what, with what God says is an evil report. And it was evil because he said, this is the land I've given you. And the 10 were saying, we can't do it. We can't, nope, mm-mm. We can't do it, nope. So they were speaking opposite of what God said. God said, it's yours. And they're just like, no, we can't, we can't go get it. And God called that an evil report. So we've got to look at our mouth. What are we saying? Um, are we lining ourselves up with the word? Are we lining our mouths up with the word? Are we walking in our authority um, that we have? And if you want to learn more, on the authority of the believer there's actually a book called the authority of the believer and it is by oh my gosh i think it's kenneth hagan is who it's by and you can google it i believe it's on amazon um but it's called the believer's authority and it is a really good book and it's more on, like I said, the the authority of the believer. Yes, it's the believer's authority. And it is by Kenneth Hagan. K 
Kenneth E. Hagen. Um, like I said, it's a great book if you want to learn more about the authority that you have as a believer and just how to walk in that dominion and authority that God has given you. But the idea that God is in control, he allows everything and we're just his puppets and we have no say and no control over anything that is not true, that is a lie. So thank you guys for joining me for this episode of Heart to Heart, Truth or Lies. And you guys have a great week. Jesus is Lord and we'll see you next time.